Welcome to Story Players, the podcast that analyzes story-driven video games. I'm Josh. I'm Joe. Today we are discussing Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season. Episode one, Done Running. There are four episodes, Josh, in this fourth season, and it is being released on a bunch of platforms. It's being released on PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and also this time on Nintendo Switch. Ooh. And actually... They've said that they're actually bringing over all of the seasons of Walking Dead to Nintendo Switch, starting with the first season. Cool. Later this year. The first episode of the season was released uh, August 14th, 2018, and the last episode is scheduled for mid-December. So it's just a a few months. I think there's about six weeks in between each episode. So uh, it's pretty cool that we know the full schedule ahead of time. It's really refreshing and and really nice for planning out a podcast. I, I think any of our longtime listeners will know that generally speaking, when we play these episodic games like this, we try and play them right away, get it out for you as soon as humanly possible. That didn't work out this time because, Joe, you and I both needed to catch up to this season. I had two seasons to catch up, up on season two and three and you had season three to to play through before we got started on this right yeah and we really wanted to make sure that we did catch up although now playing through some of this i'm thinking maybe it's not so important that you've played through some of the other seasons but Mm -hmm. we both had played through season one i loved it oh yeah yeah season one was in terms of storage from video games it's still one of my favorites i mean we've we've played some for this podcast that have certainly uh, past it in, in my top 10 list, but it, it's still really good. That was the game that convinced me that, yeah, you can have some pretty good story mm-hmm. in a game. And, and, and it was good. It was good. It was fun. Maybe not. Maybe fun isn't the right word. No, here. fun is not the but right It was word. very engaging. Uh, I also played the second season and I didn't like it as much as the first, but I still thought it had some emotional payoffs, but I hadn't yet played the third season. Mm hmm. So yeah, we we got the the collection uh, and played through seasons. Well, you had played through seasons two and three, mm-hmm. and I caught up on season three. Going into this season, I was hoping for some surprises, something different, because after playing through the Michonne miniseries, after playing through season three, it really felt like I was just going through the motions at that point. And I, I was really hoping that Telltale was going to be making some adjustments in terms of either gameplay or story or characters or something. Uh, and, and after playing the first episode, I think, I think they've got something special going on here. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, there's a lot of changes to this. And as, as I was playing through seasons two and three, and, and so I played two seasons of this game in about two weeks. What do you think about zombies right now? Oh my gosh. I am (laughs) so done with zombies. right now. So I, I was, like you really hoping for some nice changes and there are definitely some it is not a radical departure from the previous seasons by any means but it is it's definitely better it is more refined in some ways the the engine is not a new engine quite yet but it, nope. it is there are some improvements on their telltale tool engine the the graphics look a lot better the lighting looks much more improved i don't know if it's just an aesthetic change or if it's actually like capabilities added to the engine Mm. but uh the the faces seem to have much more expressive animations especially with the eyebrows oh yeah a lot of eyebrow action going on this game i noticed clementine's hair will move in the wind Mm -hmm. so things don't look quite as static you know what else moved around in the wind what's that the d emblem on her hat oh really did you notice i didn't notice that no still the same hat four seasons (laughs) oh yeah man that's got to be one dirty hat 
In terms of gameplay, the the major difference is you don't have a cursor anymore. You in the mm-hmm. older seasons you had uh you walked around with the with the left stick and then you used uh, the right stick or or a mouse uh to to move a cursor around to select things in the environment. And a lot of this game when it comes down to the actual gameplay adopts a, you know, behind the shoulder viewpoint a lot like say life is strange yeah exactly uh and so the right analog stick is actually controlling the camera around yeah so it feels a little bit more like a traditional third person adventure game not certainly not quite to the extent of something like a tomb raider or something like that but no not at all it's it's still it's still mostly dialogue driven Mm -hmm. right and you're still a lot of cutscenes. but yeah there's there's a there's a lot different here i also would like to point out the freedom of movement when it comes to say fighting zombies Mm -hmm. you can you can move around and dodge zombies uh you can choose which zombies you want to attack first you've got a couple of moves you can stun them you can just go directly to attack them and if you don't position yourself right you you can you can die Mm -hmm. it's you're not just dying because you missed the button prompt right you you could be dying because you just suck at the game there are all sorts of new frustrating ways (laughs) to die in this game but but the controls uh, when it comes to fighting and interacting with the rest of the world, other than the fact that you can move a little bit in certain scenarios, they're not really any different from season three, which I think is okay because I thought from season two to season three, it it felt like a pretty major improvement in in how the quick time events and all that stuff worked. I, I thought that the the button prompts were bigger and more obvious, uh, so I found myself dying less at least for not being able to figure out what's the button I'm supposed to be pushing right now and stuff like that. So uh, that that was one carryover from season three that I appreciated. That being said, there are still a few technical issues. Uh, oh, yeah. We've been, we played on Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Now, did you play on your Xbox One X? I did. But are there any enhancements for that? You know, I, I didn't think to look to see if there were. I'm going to guess not because, man, like all the previous Telltale games before this, it still didn't run very well. Okay. I've noticed there's still some pretty long loading times, mm-hmm. like upwards of a minute. And and there were some loading screens that you could hear the sound skipping. Oh, I didn't know that. It sounded like I was playing on a on a PC that was overheating or something and it just locked up. <laughs> so that you know, that kinda that kinda helps the uh I don't know, the impression or the uh, overall experience. But other than that though, I, I felt like the frame rate was really consistent. Uh and I didn't really have any technical issues beyond those two things. See, I I, I... I mean, maybe it was consistent, but just consistently poor. There were a lot of wide open spaces like the courtyard in front of the school. And every time that I've played one of these Telltale games where there's a big wide open area, like I think back to the beginning of season three, when they're at that like big, huge compound and there's a lot of stuff outside and stuff and the frame rate just chugged through there. Uh, It seemed like if I was moving in one of those areas, didn't seem to be running that well. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice that. I really, I did notice that in the in playing season three, there'd be times where the camera's about to cut to another position, and everything would just kind of lock up for half a second mm. while it was loading. And I didn't see any of that, yeah. so everything felt much more fluid, mm-hmm. more smoother. Some things to note before we start playing in terms of saves. Generally, you can import your save games from previous seasons of Telltale Games because the choices that you make in previous seasons can have an effect sometimes on um, on the current season and you can import your save from season three but even if you do it's not going to remember everything that you've done all the way back to season one 
And so you're going to have to answer a few questions anyway. Yeah. And even so, even if you don't import your season three, you're going to have to go through that same process and fill in a couple of the other questions that it didn't, it wasn't able to pull in from your season three mm. save. So if you can remember just, I don't know, I think it was like five or six things from previous seasons. You don't even have to worry about your save. And if you want to switch platforms or right, you don't have your save available, I think that'd be okay. But it's not super hard to switch platforms nowadays, right? No, I, I didn't look at it for this game because I played season three on Xbox as well. Mm. But yeah, you can upload your save game to your Telltale account and then you can pull it down from another platform. But, but I didn't try it for this game. Okay. But you had done it for season three. Uh, loading in se- my season two save to season three. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Having played that intro where it asks you the questions about previous seasons and then also now this first episode, what would you say about people who may have not played the last few seasons? Maybe people who have played the first season are interested in what's going on now with this new season. Do you, do you feel like you have to go back to those previous seasons like we did to, <laughs> right. to get ready for this? Or is that a prereq? You know, I'm not sure that I would necessarily recommend it. You know, I, I, I wanted to say, you know, maybe I would recommend playing season one and then this one, but it's been forever since I played season one mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know how well it holds up. Like maybe it would be a miserable experience to go back and play oh, no way. season one be. at this point. Like the story is still going to be good, sure. But but will everything else, you know, six seven years ago version of the Telltale Engine? I I don't know that I'd want to make that big of a leap back. So I'm not sure. But in terms of the season two and three content, mm-hmm. now there are a couple of things that they do mention here. Like there's there's characters that are asked about, sure, or or that you have the option of talking about mm-hmm. in this game. From at least from the previous season, well, and from the first season too. Uh, so, do you have to? No. And frankly, I'm not sure. Maybe with the exception of the main character from season one, I'm not sure that I even have enough of an emotional attachment to people from previous seasons to even say go back and play those because it'll help with with the emotional stuff. Mm. Because I don't know, so many of the people that I did care about are dead. I mean, it's The Walking Dead. People die all <laughs> the time. That's not a spoiler to say. So, I, you know, I, I think as you play any of these games, especially if you're someone who's been watching The Walking Dead seasons for so long, you start to get used to people dying. And I think for a lot of people, it starts to make you a little bit more detached from those people. And that, you know, unfortunately, it causes you to have less of an emotional reaction which is exactly what we're going for in these games there is one character that's survived throughout all these seasons and that is clementine right and although you don't play as her in the first season you do in in the second and parts of the third and what's cool is that she has progressively gotten older mm-hmm. and you do see that character growing up and i i would assume you have an attachment to that character oh yeah but you wouldn't want to play this season without playing the first, right? That wouldn't make any sense. You're not going to have any context for who Clementine is and her history. And Right. I feel like play season one, because even though it's been a few years, I still think that that game, story-wise and emotionally, has to hold up. Mm-hmm. Maybe watch a YouTube recap for two and three. Yeah, that would be a good way of doing it. Because the second main character of this season is AJ, who's a young boy. And it'd be 
he just kind of shows up out of nowhere if you've just skipped from (laughs) one to four. And and you might want to know a little bit about that, Mm -hmm. but you can get that easily from a recap video. Yeah. So that's my suggestion. Yep. I I like that suggestion a lot. So at this point, if you haven't played season four yet, this is is where we're going to kind of cut it off for you unless you want the rest of this game spoiled for you. If that's the case, then feel free to keep listening. If not, and you are going to take our advice, go play season one watch YouTube videos of two and three. And then, you know, after you've played episode one, come back and listen to the rest of this. If you fit into that case, thanks for listening to to this part to find out if you're even going to be interested in playing this game. And then if this is also your first time checking out story players, please make sure you subscribe and then go and find uh, our other podcast and, and all of our previous episodes over at our host, the digital media zone.com. Uh, the easiest way to find us, though, if you just go to storyplayerspodcast.com, it'll take you right to our page at the Digital Media Zone, and it'll give you all of the subscription links to find it in in Apple Podcast and, and every other place you can find podcast. And you can find all of our contact information there as well. And then one other quick plug, if you're into these episodic story-driven games, you're maybe looking as much forward to Life is Strange 2 as we are comes out at the end of September. We will be playing through that game and you can expect that will be a game that we will be producing our podcast uh, spoiler cast episode as soon as humanly possible <laughs> after that episode comes out. So from here on out at this point, from here on out, everything is up for spoiling. That doesn't just mean this episode, all three of the previous seasons there's a pretty decent chance we're going to spoil some things in the rest of this conversation. So here we go. Cool. So overall thoughts of this episode before we get into the recap, what are some things that you liked? What are some things that you didn't like? It sounded like you didn't like this as much as I did. Mm-hmm. So maybe you want to, you want to start with dislikes? Oh, uh, you know, the story was okay. It was just like, it, it's hard to come up with a big list of like, here's a whole bunch of solid things that I really didn't like about like i didn't like the performance of the game i'm still not a big fan of this game engine uh i still didn't like that there were a couple of times that i died when it felt totally unfair that i died you know that seems to be fairly common and and the story itself it wasn't it was different which was nice but it wasn't it didn't feel like super far out of left field to me Uh, like not not and and there wasn't any like maybe other than the very last moment of the episode nothing in it was super shocking mm-hmm. really so i don't know it was just it was okay it was but when i say okay it was way better than season 2 and fairly significantly better than most of season 3 i think it's about setting expectations mm-hmm. so i i had low expectations going yeah. into this i didn't know i assumed it was just going to be more of the same and so I was pleasantly surprised. And maybe and maybe that's why I like this episode so much. But I really like the writing, not necessarily the story, like you're saying, but in terms of the dialogue, I really appreciate mm. the quality of the the dialogue writing and the way that the characters interact. And and I, I appreciate a lot of humor and lightheartedness, even yeah. though this is a, a you know, a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> right. uh, I do appreciate that not everything is so serious and dramatic yeah and so uh that was the big thing for me even something as simple as when aj says he's hungry in the car 
and and I chose to have Clem give him a book to read. Like, hey, just go practice reading or whatever. <laughs> and it's like a recipe book. Right. Like <laughs> she's like, well, okay, maybe that's not the best time. Like, just little things <laughs> right. like that, you know? No, you're you're absolutely right on that point. I I did love uh, the the injection of humor. I really enjoyed Lewis's character for the most part. <laughs> there were quite a few pieces of of funny dialogue, which was a nice welcome change from from previous Walking Dead seasons. God, especially season two. I like that. Clem is still voiced by Melissa Hutchinson, Hutchinson, and I I like that you can still hear like little young Clem in there, but mm-hmm. she just sounds so much old. It's just it's so cool. Well, and and I love the the person that Clem has grown into. You know, I've throughout every season, I, I've really enjoyed who Clem is, and you know, and feeling like. I've gotten to shape. I mean, you haven't really, right? But but you feel it, like it you feels have. like it though, you right? Feel like that's you the, have. That's, that's the magic, the, right? That's, that's the, the illusion important thing. Yeah, when you're in, in season one, you're like a father figure, right? right. And then you become her, mm-hmm. and now and she's kind of on her own doing crazy stuff in season three. But now now it's like we're the mother figure, right? And now we've got our own kid. And yeah. it's like that, that it's just passing on that, that knowledge, the, the, the relationship continues that way. Right. So it's definitely not all bad because I do really like, uh, all of those types of things. And, and like I said, I do like the change in the, the interaction model with, with how you're, you're doing things inside the game and, and you're, you're spot on with the dialogue. The dialogue options are, are way better. And the other thing that I like a lot more about this game from season three is, in season three, I never felt like I could identify at all with the things that Javier wanted to say. Oh, yeah. Whereas Clem, like, because I feel like I've guided her in the direction that I wanted to, she says the things and I have the options of making her say the mm-hmm. things that I want her to say. There were a lot more times in this episode that I, I chose the remain silent option and mm. didn't feel bad about it. Like a lot of times it is just because I have not, like, I don't want to say any of those things, but <laughs> right. there were times where I was like, I, I could see where somebody would say that, but I don't feel like I need to. I don't feel like I mm. need to say something in this, at this point. And so I just, I just let it go. Huh. And I, I was okay with it. I don't think I ever did that this episode. The only other thing I wanted to point out uh, that I really liked was the sound design. And maybe it's because I was playing with headphones, but when you're just walking around these environments, I feel like in previous games, there's a lot of just silence. But in here, there's like this wind noise mm-hmm. or when you're in in the in, in your room, you can hear just pipes and things. It it really feels like almost like a sound machine. It feels very relaxing and <laughs> I'm almost like I can feel myself being in that environment. See, I I did notice the change in the sound design and appreciated the fact that there was definitely more stuff going on and, and more stuff that was noticeable, but it all seemed too loud. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And maybe that's something weird with my headset. It's got all sorts of crazy EQ things <laughs> that maybe you're messed up on it. I don't know, but it all sounded way too loud. Yeah. It wasn't super subtle. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but it, it felt good to me. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about in general before we go into a scene by scene recap and talk about all the crazy choices we made? Yes. Okay. One more. The whole intro thing, like the title screen intro. Now I can't remember if it's just the title scene or if it's actually the intro when you start the new game before it gets into making you make the choices for season one and all that stuff. It's all like 
comic booky and all that stuff. I thought that was really cool. I yeah. really like that presentation. Yeah, the whole I mean, this this always has had a comic book style to it, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is based on Walking Dead, the comic book, right? Not the TV show, mm-hmm. even though there is some overlapping characters. Right. But yeah, the like they're really pushing that comic book look. Did you notice like things that are in the distance appear really washed out or lacking in detail, but still they're they're kind of vibrant though. Mm-hmm. They're not just like gray. It's like yeah. there's still a lot of color to it, but it looks like something that you'd see in a comic book that's a lot less detailed in the background because mm-hmm. it's not the focus of, right. of that panel. Right. So cool. It was cool. All right. Recap. So yeah, there when you start the game up, there's a, a previously on in which Clem recaps the previous three seasons. And as we noted earlier, for some reason, some of the choices that you've made in previous seasons have not copied over into the save game. I just assume that your season three saved game didn't save that information because they didn't know that they were going to do anything with it. And so like it had me freaking out when I had to pick I know. everything for season one. I was like, don't make me pick everything I, for two and I three. I imported my save, didn't I? Right. Like, I? Yeah, I was I was a little concerned. You have to pick who in season one survived the first episode. That's the that's where you have to choose between uh, Carly and Doug. Mm hmm. And there's a few other choices. It doesn't matter because they both end up dying. Exactly. <laughs> right. But like whether or not you shot Lee at the end, mm-hmm. it knows that because that's a, that's an important decision. Like that's, that's the one really that you probably decision. remember from that from that season. At one point it asked what Lee, like what advice Lee had given you. Mm-hmm. And it was like, always keep moving, stay away from cities or keep your hair short. Did you remember at all what he would have said to you? Well, wasn't or you, it? or I guess you would, but you would have chosen to say to Clementine. Oh yeah, you you're talking about when you had to pick your options from season one. Yeah, I was pretty certain that I had picked the option of keep keep your hair short. I did too because I remember I remember that being mm-hmm. a thing, but I didn't know if that was like that was just everybody experienced that part of it, or maybe he said all of these things and it was just which one resonated most with right. you. That's actually kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, I I distinctly remember the keep your hair short because there was mm-hmm. a haircutting scene. Yep. Okay, uh, there are three acts in this episode, which is different than the past seasons have been. There's usually like five parts or six parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is like, I guess it makes sense. It's a three-act structure for each episode. <laughs> right. Okay, act one. Clem, now in her late teens, is driving a car down a rural road. AJ sits in the back, fiddling with an unloaded revolver. Clem tries to distract AJ from his hunger. So you say she's in her late teens. How, how do we know how old she is and how old is she and how old is AJ? Because I'm looking at them and I can't make the math square up in my head. Okay. Uh, I cheated for this one. I looked it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> That's okay. It was, uh, it, it, it had a range of 15 to 17. So mid okay. to late teens. You know that she's not older than that because the whole point of this school is that it's... She's still a kid. There's no adults, <laughs> right. right? So definitely not... She can't show up as a 21-year-old exactly. and be like, Hi, I'm a kid too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I think my bigger question is, how old is AJ? Yeah, I don't know. So in season two, he's an infant, right? He's born in season two. Mm-hmm. And then in season three's flashbacks, we see him as a toddler. Yeah. So he's got to be like, what, eight? Does that seem right? There are some things about him that like his size and and some of his abilities that make him feel more like closer to 10. But that doesn't jive with how old she is because she was 13-ish when he was born. I think think 13-ish more like in season three. 
Okay. I think it's been a few years. Here. I think you're right. I think she was 13 in season three. So that would mean that he, she was 10-ish when he was born. And if she's, you said 17-ish now? 15 to 17, sure. 15 to 17. So he's somewhere between five and seven. That seems about right, yeah, I guess. for me. The question I have, though, is where did he come from? Because in season three, he's somewhere. And, and we end that season with Clem wanting to go find him. Right. So now she must have found, it's been a few years now, so she must mm. have found him and somehow convinced whoever that she's going to take him or maybe she stole him. I don't know. Those are questions I have and, and maybe they'll come up because it did, it did come up at one point. They talk about the farm. Right. See, I was so confused <laughs> by that that I, I pulled out my phone because I was like, did I not actually play the last episode of season three? Because <laughs> they must have discussed this, and I can't remember for the life of me, and it was three days ago. <laughs> How could I have forgotten an entire episode of this game? So I was pulling out my phone because I took screenshots of all of the final decisions at the end of every episode and stuff. Nope, I played it, hmm. but I really don't remember. Yeah, I'm hoping they just, they just touch on it more throughout the season yeah. and give us a little bit more backstory there. Can you tell what kind of car it is? I'm just interested kind of curious uh i i didn't look that closely okay. and and you know it's an older like probably 70s or early 80s car and i'm not as familiar okay. with those models all right clem and aj stop in an old train station to look for food they find a ton of food under a hatch behind the ticket booth however when they open the hatch a grenade is released causing an, ex an explosion they're unhurt but a horde of walkers are attracted to the noise they run to the car to escape but end up crashing it a mysterious figure with a bow pulls pulls them from the wreckage. So before all of that, we get our first kind of major decision. You have to decide how to get into the room with a hatch. Yes. And your options are to send AJ through the ticket window or to pull the key off of the walkers, even though there's a note on the floor that says, leave us this way. This is how we want to be. Uh-huh. I'm going to guess... That you killed the walkers and took the key. Absolutely. This, I was like, <laughs> I wasn't quite yelling yet at the TV, but this is a no brainer. Oh yeah. Like I'm like, I don't even know why they're giving me this choice. It seems like, <laughs> right. I mean, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a moral quandary here because I don't think there do is. Do you want to respect the wishes of these people? Because they made these wishes as people, not as walkers. Mm -hmm. So if they weren't zombies, you'd probably be a little bit more willing to, to do as they intended. At least I, I would be like, I wasn't all like, screw these guys, <laughs> blow their brains out and take the key. Like I was a little upset to have to do it, but I also played season two where there was the exact same scenario where you're with, uh, Kenny and whoever his wife was in the second game. <laughs> and, you climb through a ticket window in, into a sealed room because you can't oh, yeah. get through the door and inside is a freaking walker and you almost die. <laughs> exactly. Like you're telling me the choice is send this boy that I'm protecting into <laughs> right. a dark locked room yeah. where there could be anything in there yep. or just kill this walker. I just killed one on the way in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kill this walker to grab this key yeah. and then I can go in safely. To me, no brainer. Yeah, this wasn't and, hard. And AJ's even telling us Right. This is what we should do. And I'm like, you're <laughs> right. Absolutely. There's no question about this. But when we finished the episode, 58% people of people killed the couple. That's a lot of people who did not. That's a yeah. lot of people who sent him in potentially to his death. Those people are going to be bad parents. <laughs> <laughs>
there's a couple of notifications that pop up in the section. Uh, one is AJ is always listening. Mm-hmm. So that, I guess that means every dialogue choice you make could potentially have an effect on him and how he's, well, it says right after that, your choice is determined what he will become. Yeah. So it's, it's not so much that we're shaping. Well, I guess it's kind of like going back to season one where our mm-hmm. dialogue choices as Lee was potentially affecting the way Clementine saw him, saw the world and where it's happening all over again. Right. Right. But this is kind of, I mean, it's still a game and all that, but it's a little bit more realistic. You mm-hmm. know, we're both parents and we, we both have learned at least by now that the things that we say in front of our children, even when they're not to our children are every bit as impactful as the things we say to our children. So it makes sense. Yeah. When I was outside, they had the tire swing and I'm all ready to, to put AJ in the tire swing and push him. Oh yeah. But he's like, yeah, I want to do this after we cleared the area. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, you're probably smarter than I am. <laughs> Everything so far about AJ at this point is like, okay, this kid knows what's going on and I should probably trust what he's thinking. Well, and, and it's, they're doing such a great job of giving us a glimpse into the life of someone who doesn't know what the world is like before walkers. So he walks up to this tire swing and we're all like, duh, it's tire swing. And he's like, is this a monster trap? <laughs> nope. It's, it's just for fun. What do you think about AJ carrying around a loaded gun? <sighs> it kind of depends on the age, right? Which the whole game, I'm trying to figure out how old he is. Cause I, learned how to shoot probably around the age of seven but it's not like i was walking around with a revolver mm-hmm. but in that world it's kind of necessary i mean do you trust and him at this point it's not like he's big enough to be welding wielding an axe or a crowbar or something like that. that's true he, he doesn't have the strength no. and the reach to yeah. to use a weapon like that but can he aim like if you're she in- says later on in the episode yeah that she taught him to shoot the way that lee taught her to shoot and she turned out to be a pretty good shot. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll trust him for now. Inside the ticket booth, you can search around and Clem finds a, a can of clearly spoiled food. And AJ's like, is it, is it good? And she's like, nah, it's, it's bad. And he's like, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden it's parent time again. Right. <laughs> and we have a decision. And, this, and I think this is, well, I guess this would be the second time we see the two choices mm-hmm. here. Right. And so you can say, is right. Or, hey, watch the swears. Mm-hmm. What did you do? I said, watch the swears. Because well, he's still a little on. kid. He's a little kid in the zombie apocalypse. I know, but you're still, you're trying to raise him right. Do you really think that there's a chance that we're going to bring society back here? Like, who cares? That was my opinion. Uh, I, I think that while society may not be great, any opportunity that we have to deal with other humans in a more dignified manner is probably an opportunity <laughs> worth taking. <laughs> Yeah, I took the approach of, eh, it's just a word. <laughs> I don't, I need, I'm more concerned about him uh, surviving and not putting him into sure. a dark ticket booth. <laughs> well, right. Yes. I'm with you there. If he says a bad word, whatever. So yeah, talk to me about this whole escape sequence here after the, after the grenade goes off. Well, you had mentioned earlier that we get a slightly different mechanic and that we can, we can move around a little bit. And when you interact with the walkers, you've, got a couple of options you can try going straight for the head or, or do the, the trusty old kick him in the knee and then stab him in the head move and that's typically the better option but it's slower so you know it was it was nice to have to feel a little less scripted to have a little bit more control over a little bit of gameplay on. in the game that we're playing <laughs> right 
the the car scene was awesome. It was good. I loved it. It was it was so cinematic, and and we haven't even gotten to the title screen, right? right. Like <laughs> it hasn't. We haven't gotten to the whole a Telltale game, and and this I feel like everything up to that point is like is is showing us it's different. Mm-hmm. Check this out. The the camera comes with us inside of the car, and it's so claustrophobic. And it's like we're in Clem's eyes, right? Yeah. And we're looking around. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't actually turn when I'm talking into a microphone. <laughs> uh, we're, we're looking around and things are happening to us. Uh, AJ's giving us a knife. Zombies are smashing in through the windows. We're not getting the outside perspective of just how bad this is. Right. Right. All we know is what's going on in this car and the mm. panic. And, and that's what I felt was panic. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was really cool. And I thought that was really stupid stabbing the zombie with keys uh, because yeah. immediately after she does it, I'm like, what happened to the keys? <laughs> what are you going to do now? And she's acting like nothing happened. I'm like, you don't have any keys in your hand. What are you going to do? <laughs> so how exactly did that play out for you? Because you end up, the, the car starts moving down the hill and then you get in action to swerve to the left, but I missed it. You missed it. Oh I no. Did. Oh no. I hit the left and I smashed the zombie into a tree. Oh, well, then maybe I didn't miss it because I, I had the same thing happen. And I, I I assumed that I did miss it because it didn't seem like it steered and I still crashed into a tree. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's weird. And I crashed into the tree and I'm like, what? what's in that zombie's eye? Why is his eye orange? <laughs> and then you figure out, it, oh, right, it's the keys. Mm, yeah. And then she somehow kicks through the windshield, which, you know, windshields don't shatter that way, right? Mm, no. Not the not the front windshield. The side windows do, but the front wind the front windshield does not shatter. Well, and way. nowadays, none of them would. But in this old of a car, but God, oh, that's true. It they've is been using car. tempered glass in cars for a long time. So well, and she's able to smash through it. But the the I know they're just walkers, but the walkers couldn't do it. Right, right. Well, those things tear down whole fences and right. <laughs> giant metal fences. It's a stick shift. This car. Yeah, she puts it in in neutral or gear or whatever and mm-hmm. just takes off the parking brake so not only does she know how to drive she knows how to drive stick it's an important lesson to learn <laughs> then we get the actual title and opening credits to the game and here's another sort of thing that reminds me of life is strange the music here it's mm-hmm. got uh lyrics and just right. kind of the beat feels more like a mellow just something like i would expect indie, to hear. Yeah, yeah something i'd expect to hear from life is strange right I'm not saying that's a bad thing no not at all. I've always really enjoyed the music from Life is Strange. Clem wakes up tied to a bed in what looks like a dorm room. After escaping from the room, she is, dis- she is discovered by Marlin and Tennessee. They call him Ten for short. The two sides size each other up. Seemingly satisfied, Marlin says he'll take Clem to see AJ. As Clem walks, we see that she's on a large campus surrounded by tall brick walls. There are quite a few people there, though they all look pretty young. Uh, Marlon explains their situation. Yeah, it, you get out there and it's all these high schoolers and, and it's got this this feeling of like Walking Dead meets Red Dawn. Like I'm just waiting for the Russians to start flying over or something. But no, I haven't no. seen that. Well, it's a pretty old movie at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about a bunch of high schoolers who have to fight back against an invading army. So that's oh. that's kind of the connection okay. there. Uh, Marlon's in charge. Right. Right. And there's there are no adults. He says there are no adults left. Mm. And it's it's Erickson's boarding school for troubled youth. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not a good sign. No, probably not. 
Clem goes back inside to find AJ. He's hanging with Lewis, who is playing a piano. They chat for a bit before Marlon interrupts and asks her help uh, taking out some walkers. Okay. First huge problem with this game. Playing a piano? These And, and this isn't even the only instance. <laughs> these kids are so loud. <laughs> They're playing pianos. They're out on the front lawn screaming at each other. Like they're just making noise left and right and somehow not getting discovered by the humans, <laughs> not getting run over by walkers. How? They got big, strong walls. Yeah. Big, strong, soundproof walls. <laughs> I really liked that Clem asks Lewis if he knows any other songs <laughs> and immediately starts playing the notes for Oh My Darling Clementine. And I start laughing <laughs> immediately because I know what it is. And that was really cool. It was good. Oh, we saw Ruby on the way to Lewis. Right. Who, who shows this gigantic bite mark. Not yeah. from a zombie. Nope. But from our sweet little boy, AJ. I really started to feel a parent thing there, too. Like, I, I am so sorry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I will talk to him. Uh, please, don't, I, please don't judge me. Please don't think of me as a bad parent. Yeah, th- there's no getting around biting. But that, that is the first time we, we learn about this AJ being startled thing. Mm-hmm. right where you don't want to come up behind him because he's he's gonna right. he's in a fight right that's, yeah that's a good learned behavior it's, i think yeah it's kind of a good behavior in this environment it seems like a minor thing but we did have a decision uh when lewis asks aj to try playing the piano you can say go ahead give it a try aj or you don't have to i encouraged him me too didn't really work out all that well it's not like he learned how to play the piano in that moment and frankly i wouldn't want him to, because playing the piano, not a good idea. <laughs> but Lewis says he's a natural. Yeah, for playing one key. <laughs> There's a hunting party uh, due back soon, but the entrance gate is surrounded by walkers. Clem helps take them out. We're introduced to Violet, a Sim, and some others. It turns out that they didn't find very many resources out there, and they're starting to be afraid that they'll have to travel beyond the safe zone to find food. This was another fun action sequence. Where you do get some control of, of moving around when fighting the walkers. And, and I, I liked it. You know, it was more walker fighting with movement class 200 level. You know? <laughs> it's, it's really basic, but it is something, yeah. right? That we don't, I wouldn't expect from this type of game. And it isn't, it isn't like it's a combo driven fighting. No. It's, it's like luring them mm-hmm. into areas that you're going to drop. With the traps and stuff. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. cool. I messed it up once because me too. I messed it up because I was I was I was circling around and then I went after a zombie. But then thinking there's there's a guy behind me, but it's okay. I'll just get him right after this. But I couldn't turn around fast enough, mm-hmm. and so I I got eaten. And I felt like I failed not because I missed the button prompt, but because I didn't plan ahead. And I really appreciated that there's actually some gameplay here. Yeah. Okay. Here's a, here's a part where the humor failed miserably for me. Lewis says he pulls out this like chair leg with a bunch of nails on it mm-hmm. and says, this is a chair leg. I call it Charles. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And the best I could do is Charles. Like Charles, you're calling it Charles, but you're calling it Charles. And yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. It was cool, though, that when you have to save a Sim and you just like run up and take that knife right through the walker's head <laughs> and it like just barely passes his nose. Right. That was so cool. You know what else was cool was when Rosie the dog comes and just chomps down on a walker's <laughs> hands. She is the coolest dog ever. How like that seems dangerous for the dog. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. Like, well, like is 
basically chewing on walkers crushing their skulls but how is it that you turn by being bitten by one okay so you you turn from getting bitten because when you get bit it starts up this like fever and it causes you to die soon afterwards but remember that even if you don't get bit and you die you're going to turn well right but it's the, just... the biting though is what's going to cause the infection and fever and it's going to it's it's a it's a, a disease that causes but what causes death. the infection and the disease it's the bite or the scratch either will work but but what but a... if you bite a if you bite a walker though i don't know well apparently it's fine because this dog is chewing on walkers left and right maybe maybe dogs can't be zombies have we ever seen have a, we seen a zombie dog have we seen a non-human animal get infected? You know, maybe not. Hmm. Anyway, I want this dog on my team. As long as he's not going to chew on my face. <laughs> Back inside the safety of the walls, everyone prepares for dinner. Marlon makes the mistake of unexpectedly patting AJ on the back and gets an elbow to the crotch in return. Clem convinces AJ to make up for a poor first impression by visiting everyone in the yard and apologizing to Marlon. So, first off, did you go and talk to everybody? Well, I thought I did, but when you get to the very end of the game and it talks about your interactions with everybody, there was a guy named Mitch that had said I didn't get to know him. Okay. So apparently I talked to everybody but Mitch. Okay. There's actually an achievement if you talk to everybody. It's like social butterfly or something. I guess I'm not much of a social butterfly in the world of the walking dead. (laughs) Mitch and Willie are sitting together and Mitch is like carving a, a knife or something. So you didn't see him. Doesn't sound familiar. Okay. So I went up and talked to him and AJ's like, oh, that's so cool. He's making this weapon. And AJ says something like, that's f***ing cool or something, right? <laughs> it's because you encourage this sort of behavior. And Mitch thinks this is hilarious. They think this is great. Like they immediately go from, what do you guys want? To, oh my God, this kid is awesome. <laughs> and so it was like, I left the conversation with, you know, plus plus one AJ. Mm-hmm. Talk to Ruby who got bit and convinced AJ to apologize to her. And I said, you just need to lay it on thick. Right. (laughs) Is that what you did? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And she forgave him. That's good. Talked to Lewis and Omar, who's the guy cooking food. Right. But there really wasn't much to do there. They just, no. we'll let you know when food's done. A Sim who's writing in a journal. AJ starts reading it, and it seems to be a passage about Clem. That sure seemed that way. (laughs) Uh, you have a decision here. Do you tell AJ to keep reading it or to give it back to him? This is all about teaching him manners and civility in an uncivil world. I told him to stop reading. Yeah, absolutely. I really wanted to know what it said. Oh, of course. But uh, I was hoping he would tell me later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely. It's not yours. Give it back. And Asim appreciated uh, AJ respecting his privacy. Talk to Violet in 10. And AJ asks if they should pay respects to 10 sisters, too. Right. And so you have a choice. It's not our place, or that's a good idea. I, I went with, like, I'm, I'm all for this sort of honoring of the dead, but we don't know these people. They're clearly having a moment here. Let's just back away quietly and let them, let them have their moment. I figured, eh, what's it going to hurt, and said good idea. And so... It just says that they're grateful that AJ paid his respects. Oh, hmm. Might have gotten some better results at the end if I had done some of these things. And that was it until we got to Marlon and Brody. Mm-hmm. And AJ apologizes and he asks if they can stay. Marlon says, yes, they've earned their meal. Right. 
After dinner, AJ hangs out with Ten while Marlon, Lewis, Violet, and Clem pull out a deck of cards and play a game of war. The winner of each round gets to ask a question. So the group gets to ask Clem a question if they win, or Clem gets to ask the group a question if she wins. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a really great way of doing introductions. Yeah, that's good. It's way better than spin the bottle or something <laughs> should, like uh, that, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm I'm curious if it probably doesn't change that much, but we can ask different questions. Mm-hmm. So I'll just go through real quick what I got. Uh, so Violet wins the first one, and she asks where AJ's parents are. Yep, and says you don't look related. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> and I said that they didn't make it. Yeah, I said the same thing. Then it's Clem's turn. What did mm-hmm. what was the first question that you asked? All of the options were stupid. Unbelievably stupid. Like Clem is way smarter. Than they get to this. ask about all these things about our past, and we get to ask, like I said, what's up with Marlon's haircut? Which is funny. <laughs> which is really funny, okay? <laughs> so what did they say to He's that? He's like, Well, I think Violet's like, oh boy. <laughs> and Marlon's like, uh, I look cool. And they're all like, No, you don't. <laughs> I asked, what's the grossest thing you've eaten? And Violet says, horse eyeballs. Marlon says, slugs. And Lewis says, cantaloupe. <laughs> and, and they're like, come on. He's like, what? I fucking hate cantaloupe. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. And then Clem's like, I ate a guy's leg. And everyone's like, what and even me i'm sitting there going did she i'm like going back I like i don't remember I don't did she remember did she did she did she dude's leg and mm. then she's like no i'm just kidding and they're like uh, i think you're being serious uh lewis says lewis wins the next one ever have a boyfriend yeah just a super awkward moment what did you say i said there was there was a boy once oh i said nope never and then because you talk were you referring to javier's uh Gabe. Yeah, Gabe. Gabe. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, eh, there's a little something there from season three. I never really got a chance to be anything. No, but there was. And so the follow-up question was, I think something like, was it serious or whatever? Mm -hmm. And I said, we were just friends. Oh, yeah. Well, when you say, nope, never, there's no (laughs) (laughs) follow-up. Marlon wins the next one. Who used to take care of you? Because she's awful young. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lee. I said, my friend Lee. Gotta go with Lee. Yeah. And, And that's when they ask you, like, what's the most important thing? He taught you. Oh, there was a follow-up? Yeah. And, and I say? said to, to shoot a gun. Yeah, I think I said the same thing. And then that I taught AJ the same way. Yeah. Clem wins the next one. I did the grossest thing eaten. So I did Have you, another stupid one. Unbelievable. Have you met anyone famous? What? Yeah. And I stupidly couldn't even figure out why she might be asking. And they're like, no. And I, all of the rich people are probably in their mansion safe on their waterbeds or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she says, I've met a, a, like a pro baseball player once. Oh. And Lewis is like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of cool. Was he any good? And she's like, I don't know. We never got to play, but he was good at the bat. And Violet goes, baseball sucks. <laughs> and, Violet, er, and then Lewis says to Violet, you suck. And Violet says, not as much as baseball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, this is unfair. I want better questions. Violet wins the next one. Who do you think is going to die first? This seemed fairly easy. Anyone but me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was the reaction to that? They scoffed, basically. Yeah. And, and Clem's like, well, I've made it this far, haven't I? 
And they're like, so oh, have we. Yeah, so have we. <laughs> uh, I said Lewis. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's, if you're being honest, it probably is the Violet says, right yep, answer. Lewis. Marlon says, yep, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and Lewis says, yep, Lewis. <laughs> it's like, what? I know. Speaking of, Lewis wins the next one. Have you ever had to kill someone you loved? Mm. Yeah, so I talked about Kenny. And okay, and her language was poetic. It was, really? It was really good. This was maybe the finest piece of dialogue in the entire episode. Okay, let's hear it. She says Kenny, and she says, his heart broke and never put itself back together. Hmm. And then she says, believe me, I did him a favor. Okay. Yeah. I said, yes. I put a bullet in that jerk Lee. <laughs> now remember, okay, we talked about this before, <laughs> but I did not kill Kenny in season two. Oh, right. So that wasn't one of my options. Right, because you let Kenny kill Jane. Yes, I did. And one of the options was I could say Lee. I just talked about Lee mm-hmm. and I could say Lee. Um, but I said, yes, end of story. Oh. It was just, I said yes. And then they're like, go on. And she's like, it was a yes or no question end of story but did your di- the dialogue choice said lee on it right that was one of them and you picked lee no i picked it, i picked the one that said yes just end said of yes. story See, I don't, I don't, it was it was yes end of conversation i mean it was basically saying i'm, I'm oh, done with this okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna I, go into detail i can't remember now if i had that option i i know i had obviously the kenny option and then my lee option was i let lee turn oh well, yeah, you because so, yeah, you didn't I shoot him. Turn, right? I, yeah. I wasn't going to shoot him. I wasn't going to ask a five-year-old girl to shoot me. <laughs> Freaking monster. Not that I still hold a grudge about you for <laughs> choice you made in a game five need- years ago. but <laughs> She needed to do it. So at that point, it ends for me. Yeah, same for me. Okay, I, but like she's like, I think we're done here. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't appreciate the question. Yeah. Okay. Clem and AJ return to their room and get ready for bed. Violet comes in looking for art supplies, not realizing that this is the room that they're staying in. It used to be Minerva and Sophie's room. So we haven't really talked about them yet, but they're Ten's sisters, twin sisters, Mm -hmm. older. And the story goes that uh, a year ago about Mm -hmm. they were off on a hunting trip or whatever, and they got eaten by zombies. Well, that's the story. It's not that specific. It's not. At no, this point? I, I think they just kept saying that they went missing. Oh. I don't think it ever said that they died. I thought that they died. I thought that it, it said that they died. And that's why they have these graves. Mm. They just put their possessions in it, right. in them. But thought it was clear, maybe not at this point, but it was clear throughout the, this episode that everybody thinks that they're dead. That they, because, well, we'll see. We'll wait and see. Right. So Violet's looking for art supplies because Ten is looking for some more colors or something. I don't know. We have a decision to make. You can tell AJ you can keep it if you like, or you should probably give it back. You gotta give it back. Gotta give it back. Yeah, it's not yours. Although I could see where he's just a kid. Let him color, right? But if you're nice and you give it back, they might share. Exactly. I was I was half expecting Violet to say, you know what, don't worry about it. Right. So Violet does stick around for a little bit longer and lets AJ finish his drawing. Clem and Violet chat for a bit. And she seems to have something going on with Minerva, like the way that she talks about mm. the way that Violet talks about Minerva is, is a little bit closer relationship there. Right. I just kept thinking, why does Violet keep looking at me weird? She keeps giving me these weird <laughs> looks. I don't know. But she leaves and uh, then it's time for bed and AJ wants to sleep under the bed. So you have a decision, <laughs> a decision to make here. Again, as a parent, uh, you can, yeah, you can stay under the bed or please give the bed a chance. 
I encouraged him to get in the bed and actually enjoy a nice comfy bed. I said, dude, you can stay under the bed. I don't care. <laughs> I want... So okay, so your reasoning I, I is simply that you think he's just going to get a better rest up top. Well, yeah, exactly. You're going to sleep better if you're up on the bed, and I'm not concerned that a horde of zombies is going to come bursting through this door. Like I'm trying to make him feel safe, and cowering under the bed to sleep on the cold wood floor is not is not going to make him feel safe. And that's one of my number one jobs, right? Is to make this kid. A, actually be safe, be safe and B, yeah. feel safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And letting him sleep under the bed, I, I don't think helps step number two. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because I made this decision for similar reasons. And that is, I felt that he would feel safer mm-hmm. under the bed. Uh, when I was a kid, I loved sleeping in the closet. Mm-hmm. In, under the, I don't know if I would sleep under the bed, but I loved being under the bed because mm-hmm. it felt uh, secure, like closed in. Right. And I was protected. Sure. And so I kind of related to him when he's like, I want to be under the bed. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have any, like, whatever. That's fine. I don't have any problem with you being on the floor. Yeah. Especially if it's going to make you feel safer. Right. So I thought, feel safer. And I was glad that at least I gave him a pillow and a, <laughs> I gave him a pillow. It must not have been cold because there was no blanket. And she's like, let me, let me know if you need a blanket. Let me know if you get cold. Hmm. Yeah, like I, I wasn't going to be a, a jerk and force the issue. I, I was hoping that if I got any pushback from him at all, that I that I would have the option of saying, all right, you know, if this is really what you want to do, go for it. Because at the end of the day, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. No, but it was it was presented like those two options. Yeah. Right. So I, I figured there wasn't going to be a follow up. turns out only 34 percent of players told him he could stay under the bed. So you're in the majority. Yeah, we want him to be comfy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it'd be comfortable, but... And that concludes Act 1. I was surprised because after playing Season 3, those episodes were really short. They felt mm-hmm. really short. Really short. And in the amount of time I w- it would have taken me to complete one of those episodes from Season 3, I'd only gotten through Act 1. <laughs> right. Of 3. Now, Acts 2 and 3 go a lot faster, but especially 3. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, compared to especially Episode 1 of Season 3... Yeah. Yeah. This is way longer. Act two. The next morning, Clem and AJ look for Marlin in his office to talk about their arrangements of whether they're going to stay or not. Instead, they only find Ten, who is mm, playing with some toys. He leaves to go find Marlin for them. Then Rosie the dog enters and starts to growl at Clem, but Marlin arrives soon after and offers some dog training lessons. Marlin expresses doubts about his ability to protect and provide for his people and is practically begging Clem for help. Okay, so you've got a couple of decisions here. One of them is a parenting decision Mm -hmm. because AJ is trying to take one of the toys for himself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess that you told him to give it back. Give it back. It's not your toy. You got to give it back. Right. But but this is going back to uh, this is a boy who's growing up in this world because he doesn't understand who these toys represent. Right. Like they're they're policemen, firefighters, that sort of thing. Yeah, he doesn't even know what what a firefighter is. Yeah, he's they died, so they must have been weak. Mm -hmm. He thinks. Yeah. And then when Marlon shows up and calms Rosie the dog down, he offers to, he asks you, do you trust me mm-hmm. to, to teach you how to, to bond with this dog? Did you trust him? In the back of my mind, I don't trust him. Right. But for the situation, and he's got a killer dog who I've seen smash zombie heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I trust him. Yeah, that's the exact same feelings I had. 
So he he shows like the map, and he's he's totally about bringing Clem on board and and helping out. Mm-hmm. And I was a little confused at first because he's all like, "We're running out of food," but I told I want you to come with us. Then you, that's more people to feed, right? Right. But if he really thinks that she can help out that much, but we also know his real reason or secondary reason, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. But he's really adamant about staying in the safe zone. Yeah, he may be the leader, but he's already starting to feel. Kind of like a chicken. I wouldn't put my faith in him as a leader. No. Based and, on this conversation. And I I was rushing to judge this guy as like, you're you're really not a very good leader. And then I had to temper myself and say, uh, dude, you're 20 years older than this kid. You're not living in a zombie apocalypse. Maybe you shouldn't be so quick to judge him. Yeah. I mean, depending on how long they've actually, if, if they've been out here surviving for, how long has it been now since, I mean, we... Season one it's, starts at the beginning of the apocalypse, right? When the first right. zombies, because Lee's on his way to yeah. prison or something. And Clem is seven-ish. So are we talking 10 years at this point? It seems if like If they've it. been able to survive this long, well, yeah, I mean, he's done a good job. Right. He points out a couple places on the map. There's a, there's a shack where they fish and also the hunting area. And so he's like, you know, hey, can you help out? Do you want to go fish with Violet and Brody? Or do you want to go hunt with Lewis in a sim? This one didn't take me long to decide. I went hunting with Lewis and a sim. And I really should say with a sim and Lewis. Although actually, no, that isn't how the decision went. The decision went, hmm, I can go with Violet, who seems awful, or anybody else. Let's go with the anybody else. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you said that because I did not choose that. Really? So, so we get to, why gonna, did you want to go with Violet? I believe I said, I'm a girl. I should spend time with the girls. So yeah, <laughs> let's go fish. <laughs> okay. I felt that I would, I would probably make some more headway with learning and bonding with these people with, with the women. Hmm. That makes sense. Cool. So this is going to be interesting. So which do you want to go with first? Which do you want to talk about? Well, I, I can go first. Okay. So you, so you went hunting. So I, I go hunting, and immediately Lewis is being Lewis. He's they find a walker hanging in one of the traps, and Lewis is like, "Oh, this looks fun!" and just starts like hitting him with the bat and stuff <laughs> like instead a of trying to get food, like poking it in the face with cherils. <laughs> <laughs> and a sim is like, "Clem, you can come and help me hunt, or you can hang out with him and starve to death." <laughs> so. I obviously did the smart thing and went with a sim and you got a little opportunity to, to hunt rabbits with a sim's bow and arrow. Oh, cool. And little rabbit runs out. You get a, a QTE to, to line up the shot and shoot it. And the first one I nailed, killed that rabbit. And then another one runs out and I totally missed that one. And we're like, um, okay, I guess it's not going to be a big feast tonight. And then you find a rabbit that was caught by a trap and... You you head over there, and Lewis is like, awesome, I can't wait to eat this thing. And Asim is like, it's a baby. We should let it go mm. so that it'll get bigger mm. and provide more food. Yeah, rabbits don't have much, they don't have any fat on them, really. They're just lean meat, and I can't imagine how much meat a baby's going to have. Right, yeah. So so Asim is like, think of tomorrow instead of just today. And Lewis is like, tomorrow doesn't exist, dingus. <laughs> <laughs> So after that, a sim says, I'm going to take this stuff back. Why don't you two 
head off towards the fishing area where where the ladies are. Okay. So hold on now. Okay. So does that switch over then to the other section? So that switches over. Okay. To the other let section. me do. Let me do what I did. Okay. And then we'll cross. We'll cross paths. Okay. okay. So I went fishing with Violet and Brody. Brody's talking about needing to get away. She wants to take a road trip. I don't know if she's just it. She's like lived in this area her whole life, and she just wants to go out and see things. Hmm. And Violet's being real moody, as you can imagine, doesn't doesn't really want to partake in this conversation. Right. But Brody's like, where, where would you want to go? And I said, well, we, let's go drive down to the coast and, and hang out on the beach or something. You've been to the coast in season one. <laughs> Remember what happened at the coast? Lee died. You shot him. Maybe I want to Why find... did you pick the coast? I don't... It just... I Again, I'm trying to just relate to these people, and everybody wants to go to the beach, right? I don't. <laughs> I don't like going to the beach, but it seemed like one of those things where, you know, everybody wants to go to the beach. So there's a shack, and Brody and I go into the shack, and then... Okay, so this is where I learn about, more about the twins. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Brody says that she was there when the twins were killed. Oh. And Brody said this. Yes. Okay. And she's afraid that Violet blames her for this. And so ever since then, so mm-hmm. it's been kind of weird between the two of them. And she wonders if you could talk to Violet for her. Oh jeez. And I and I said, I no. <laughs> I'm not getting in the middle of this. Are you kidding here. me? No. <laughs> so she leaves, finds some spears. We go outside and do some spear fishing. Mm-hmm. So I had my own mini game. You had bow and arrow, mm-hmm. and I had hitting hitting fish with some spears with Violet. Mm-hmm. And I got a couple fish. Oh, you're better fisher than I'm a rabbit hunter. Apparently, you, uh, a couple. I mean, I missed one, but I got a couple. How many opportunities did I you had? Three. Oh, so you only got two. Yeah. And uh, Violet, she was like the first one to try to stab the fish, and and she missed. And I think it was because she was screaming out loud, "Yeah!" And I'm like, "You're gonna scare the fish." Right? I don't think that's gonna work. Also, screaming yeah. causes yeah, zombies yeah, to come. Yeah, yeah. These kids super dumb when it comes mm-hmm. to noise. Oh, also inside the shack, mm-hmm. there was some graffiti on the wall, like etched in, like you would do on a tree. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a heart with the letters V and M. Ooh. Violet and Marlin sitting in a shack. <laughs> <laughs> Only we took it to mean Minerva. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. Minnie. Okay. One of the twins. Right. Okay. okay. So they weren't just BFFs. Maybe not. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, because it never, I never got a clear picture of how old Minerva and Sophie. Yeah, Sophie. How old they were. Yeah. Uh, I assumed they were younger, like in between oh, yeah, the yeah. ages of 10 and and Violet. When I first heard, I, I assumed it was younger than 10. He was the oldest. Mm-hmm. But then it became more clear that no, they were they were older. Okay. AJ was asking about the heart. He's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, uh, they're really good friends. I said, <laughs> I didn't need to have any other conversation with him no. at that time. Okay, so then when I'm when I'm spearfishing, then I start talking to Violet about Brody and how Violet's like, I don't understand why it's so weird between the two of us. And I said, well, I don't know, maybe it's because she never apologized. And, she, you know, Violet's like, did Brody tell you that? And I said, yeah, well, kind of, yeah. So I ended up having the conversation anyway. Even I didn't, didn't want, want to. to. <laughs> I didn't want to get involved. The thing is, is that Violet apparently had asked Brody to cover her on that trip. So Violet was supposed to be there. Mm. 
And uh, so she's upset that she wasn't there. She didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. Mm. Also, AJ manages to get a fish. What? <laughs> he took a spear, ran away, and got a fish. I don't know. Maybe he took it from my bucket. I don't know. He's an impressive kid. So on the way back then, uh, Violet's more upbeat. Uh, and she starts the, the road trip conversation back up, which surprises Brody. And she's like, I thought you weren't going to talk to her. And I'm like, hmm. eh, I just give her a look. Like, eh. Huh. That's way different. Yeah. So at that point. Yeah. Why don't we hear how yours ends up? Because we've already, already heard about hunting from my perspective. Well, this is the crossover point, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go. Now I'm going over to where you were hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I meet up with Lewis and a sim and. I can't find them right away. We've I see forest traps. They look like they've been sabotaged. Hmm. I find okay. I find a cigarette in one of the traps that's made from a, a Bible page. Yep. And then Brody has a panic attack when she realizes that they've been robbed. Mm-hmm. Starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Okay, so the same thing happens just in different places. Then. Yep. Because I go up to the fishing area. I see one of the spears stabbed through a walker face and I don't see either of the girls wander into the shack. It looks like it's been ransacked. Find the cigarette with, with the Bible mm. page. And then Brody and Violet walk in and Brody loses her mind. And uh, then she, you know, she freaks out and takes off and says that she's got to go talk to Marlon. And so then I get, like then we're like uh we still don't have enough food what are we gonna do here which i imagine you have the same option yep, yep. yeah and you look at the map and you only have one option <laughs> <laughs> why did you even pull the map up yep. if i only have one option i guess we're going to the train station it's off to the train station yeah yeah okay so that's when we sync back up so violet and lewis go with me is that who goes with you yes okay so they agree to go even though it's outside the safe zone and while we're there at the train station, we do find a bunch of food. Mm-hmm. But as we're collecting it, this guy shows up. Right. Well, so you have options fairly early on to like attack this guy. You know, you've got, I think you end up with at least three dialogue options and stuff in here. And they kind of range from being like super violent and jerky to the guy or to trying to just defuse the situation. Uh, and And I went the whole like, let's just. Let's call him down here because he's mm-hmm. got a gun. Right. I don't have my gun. Eventually, AJ does pop up, but I'm like, lower the gun, AJ. Like, we don't need to be killing people right now. And let let him walk away with some of the food. Because he doesn't take all of it. He just takes some of it. I'm like, this, this kind of feels like a decent outcome here. Sure. No one's dead. Yeah. We've all got food. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, that sounds like what I did too. I mean, I saw the option for telling AJ to go ahead and shoot. Mm-hmm. And I was afterwards, I kept thinking maybe I should have, because this guy's going to follow us back. This is, I'm like, I kept doubting myself right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Was that the right decision to make? But I'm like, you know, the gun would have attracted zombies. I'm sure mm-hmm. somebody could have gotten hurt. So yeah, I ultimately, I said that, uh, Clem tells AJ to put the gun down. Okay. And it said only 22%. Of players chose that option yeah so i'm curious this yeah. sucks that we chose the same thing so i'm curious what ha- what else <laughs> could happen gotta go hit up a youtube video <laughs> uh the dude's name is abel so abel is a biblical name it's one of the uh sons of abraham and 
in in the story of Cain and Abel, they're two brothers, mm-hmm. and they end up getting into a huge fight, and Abel is the one that gets killed. Mm, okay. So, and like, as if the name weren't enough, they've they've also got the the cigarettes yeah. made out of yep. Bible. Like, it seems like they want you oh, yeah. to be thinking about the Cain and Abel story yeah. here, which is kind of hard to do because it's not like Abel's story continues you know he's dead (laughs) he doesn't come back from the dead uh so i mean he's got kids i guess but geez i should know the story better so i'm not exactly sure where they're what they're trying to do with that connection Mm -hmm. but i mean it's it's they're doing something yeah they're definitely doing something. something all right so yeah for me abel takes a bag of food we take a bag or more i don't know and we Hightail it out of there. Right. Uh, when they get back home, Brody freaks out at the news of us meeting Abel. Uh, she and Marlon argue at length. That they seem to be hiding something. Like there's, there's, there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. And she's also mad at, mad at us for letting Abel have some food. I thought her main concern was just that th- th- he could have followed us and now know where they are. That did seem to be her main concern. Yeah. But she did also yell at us for letting him have some Like food. what, we could have had more food? Yeah, that makes sense. We had some conversations with Ten afterwards. Did mm-hmm. you? Yep. Uh, they talk about the twins and how they died this time last year. That's what I was talking about earlier. Um, he's drawn a picture of the twins in the afterlife, and you can see that they're older. At right. that point, they're bigger. He says he's not scared of dying. It's sad, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, he's not scared of dying. He knows he's going to go to a better place. And what was interesting and a little freaky to me is that he draws the walkers also in yeah. this afterlife, but they're not zombified they're like yeah this is what i think they would have looked like before right because they were people too yeah like that that seemed really mature yeah really mature but then he also said i could have swore he said that i also draw them the way that they would have looked when they killed the sisters yeah he used a couple of pronouns there that i was a little confused but i'm like that's kind of creepy you're also drawing zombies Uh, right he's an artist give him a break aj wants to be added to the drawing and then Ten asks if Clem wants to be in there, too. So we have a decision here. It's kind of interesting that they uh, present it this way. You can say, sure, draw me in, or no, I'd rather not. Yeah, this was a really awkward conversation for me because I I like the idea that he's thinking about a heaven sort of place and, and thinking about that, yeah, this is awful, but things are going to be better in the afterlife and all that stuff. But it still feels a little weird when he's drawing, like, himself in there because i'm like but, but but you're not dead yet and then when he offers to draw me and i'm like well i'm not dead yet either <laughs> so i think this is cool but don't draw me in there because i ain't dead hmm. that was that was my reasoning for saying no thanks i don't want to be in the picture. interesting that sounds really superstitious um <laughs> <laughs> well i i certainly have my stupid superstitions about <laughs> things that that wasn't what this was it was just I'm not in heaven yet, so don't, I don't know, it just seems weird to draw me, to draw me dead. Okay. Don't draw me dead. You don't like the idea of being dead. Okay. I'm dead, bro. Yeah, I just said, sure, draw me in. It's one of those things where I feel like I'm going to upset him if I say no, and it Mm. really just doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. And there were other dialogue choices that felt like they were just going to be way too argumentative. Like, at some point, you could say listen, dude, nothing happens when you yeah. die, you know? And I'm like, there's just no reason to talk to him like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's had a hard life and especially during this topic here about 
his dead sisters. <laughs> right. I just said, sure, whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. In exchange, though, he gave me the drawing. Yeah, we get the drawing. Okay. And and when I said that I didn't want him to draw me in the picture, AJ says, well, does does that mean that I shouldn't be in the picture? And I said, no, man, if you want to be in the picture, be in the picture. <sighs> and so we, when he hands me the, when 10 hands us the picture, he's like, you can draw yourself in later if you mm-hmm. want. And I'm thinking, that ain't happening. <laughs> it's a pretty good drawing of me, it I must is. say. <laughs> He almost forgot my smile. Did he, he get the D on the hat? Uh, he had the hat in there. I don't remember if the D was on there. All right, that's the end of Act Two. Mm-hmm. And now we get to the craziness. We get to Act Three. Act Three begins with Clem and AJ going to bed. AJ talks about how much he likes it at the school. It's not full of blood like at the ranch. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we're going to find out. I, we've got it, right? Uh, he also shares his thoughts about what happened with Abel at the train station. Oh, yeah. He was upset in mine. He thought that we made the wrong decision. Yeah, that we were too soft. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted here because at this point, I'm thinking this guy's smarter than me. This kid mm-hmm. is smarter than me. I'm starting right. to doubt myself again. <laughs> Did I make the right decision here? Oh, you absolutely made the right decision here. Because if AJ pulls that trigger, who knows who gets hurt? Yeah. It might not just be Abel. At this point, Clem... Uh, can also decorate the room with her collectibles. And that's a, a different, uh, that's another gameplay thing we didn't yeah. talk about is there are actually now collectibles in the world. So you're exploring not just to, I don't know, find all the things to interact with, but also to collect. Did you get all the collectibles? I got three of the collectibles. I got five out of the six. Dang. Yeah. I don't know what the last, uh, the last one looked like some flowers that I, I yeah. found plastic flowers behind the staircase hmm. when you first come into the main building. But I think there was a second set of flowers that I didn't find. Yeah. So the other than the two drawings, the only other one I got was the the deer skull. Okay, there was a cat skull in the fish shack, I think. Oh, okay. And she's like, I, uh, it's kind of creepy or something, but AJ might think it's cool. And then you go <laughs> hang it up, you go put it in the room on the on a shelf or something, and mm-hmm. AJ's like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yes, it is. He really liked the deer skull, too. <laughs> but that leads me to believe that at least for the foreseeable future, we're going to be in the school. Yeah, the right. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of hinting at what where the story could go. Because why would you bother decorating and yeah. hanging up all those things if you're just going to be in the next episode gone and right. in some other location? Right. Yeah. Like as I was hanging up the deer skull, I was thinking, I I don't know if I want to hang up this deer skull. It's pretty sweet, <laughs> and I'm not sure I'm going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. I want to take this thing with me. Yeah. But yeah, now that now that it it happened it kind of make the gameplay mechanic itself makes me think that we're going to stay here yeah clem wakes up to the sound of two people arguing coming through the pipes uh, and it sounds like one of them is in trouble she makes her way to the basement where she finds marlon and brody arguing about this whole abel situation brody starts to tell clem their deep dark secrets when marlon smashes her head causing some massive bleeding and just huge gash yeah Oh man, she was like, she was out after that. She's like, wait, what what did you say? And right. just falls down. Marlon freaks out as he does and starts looking for a first aid kit. <laughs> right. Well, and and in the game's graphics, like, I mean, you can tell it's a bad cut, but I'm thinking, it's just a bad cut. Like, put your hand on it, stop the bleeding. But yeah, I'm thinking like it's like it's one. looking like yeah, some brain damage going on here. So then Brody with just a little bit of life left tells Clem that She's in danger, and if the Raiders come back, Marlon was going to let them take her and AJ. Mm-hmm. Those deep, dark secrets I should have mentioned earlier was that 
he, Marlin, traded the twins for safety. Right. So they came across those raiders that day when the twins supposedly died. And he just said, go ahead, take them. Just don't follow us. Just leave us alone. And this is the way that he's been able to handle this danger. See, I told you I judged him too early. He is a good leader. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, maybe not. <laughs> uh, I mean, the alternative, I guess, may have been that they all died, right? I, I mean, that's certainly what he thought was going to happen. Yeah. Brody does die at that point. And Marlon mm. sees it, freaks out some more, locks Clem in the basement and like in the dark too, like all the right. lights are gone. So we've got Clem in the dark locked with somebody who's about to turn into a zombie. <laughs> but you do know that there's a flashlight down there. Well, you can see the light. Yeah. You can see a little bit of light. So Clem finds the flashlight looking for a way out. Brody becomes a walker, goes on the hunt for Clem's brains. <laughs> Clem, in turn, destroys what's left of Brody's brains oh, man. with the flashlight. Well, you, you kind of had to know this is coming, right? Because up until this point, there hadn't been anything that was all that gruesome. And boy, was this Yeah, gruesome. that's true. Oh, yeah, totally. It, there was so much blood. It was cool, the lighting effect. Mm -hmm. With the blood on the flashlight just turning everything red right. in the room. And I know it's kind of a trope, but I thought it was really cool when Clem almost made it up the stairs. And there's like lightning flashes and you don't see zombie Brody. And then all of a sudden she's there. I, I know like it's not that original, but I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, it, it was well done. Clem makes it back outside to see everyone watching AJ pointing his gun at Marlon, uh, demanding to know where Clem is. Mm -hmm. Marlon tries to pin Brody's death on Clem. He manages at some point to get the gun from AJ. Clem is trying to tell the gang what, what actually happened and what she heard from Brody. Uh, at this point, you have a decision to make. Do you try to appeal to Lewis or do you try to appeal to Violet to help you out? I went with Violet Why? mostly based on the conversation that she and I had had in the bedroom the first, I think it was okay. the first night. Yeah. You know, it, it sounded like she was starting to make a little bit of a connection with me. Thought maybe there's a little bit of a hope there. Lewis, I'm not sure about. He's I, really trying to hit on you. He is super You could really trying use to that to your me. advantage. You absolutely can. But I also totally ditched him in the woods <laughs> with with a sim and stuff. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he's feeling a little little betrayed right now. So I'm gonna gonna go for Violet. I also chose Violet because I had a nice conversation with her mm -hmm. while we were fishing. Right. Uh, sixty six percent chose Violet. Yeah. Now for me, she was she was reluctant at first, but does eventually join Clem. Once everybody realizes it's looking like Clem's telling the truth here they all just start crowding in on on marlin and dude i mean from his point of view this must look pretty bad right. pretty scary but he does marlin admits everything yeah now okay i got marlin to drop the gun mm -hmm. me too and i'm about to say you can stay but not as our leader but i only get a couple words out before his brain falls apart <laughs> from aj shooting him in the from behind right yeah, my notes say, I was about to say go and never come back. Mm. And then my notes say, AJ blows his brains all over Clem. Because <laughs> yeah, going back and watching the video again, that's a really risky shot. Oh, Clem yeah. is standing directly oh, behind yeah. him. Yeah. And so is everybody else. But he nails it. Apparently is a really good shot. What? I aimed for the head. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're looking at me like I did something wrong. Man, all I did is blow his brains this out. This kid growing up in this world. Is it possible to get a different ending? I don't think so. 
because, well, th- there don't seem to be a whole lot of other options here. And then at the end, we're used to them showing you your percentages of like the five major decision mm-hmm. areas. But then the new thing in this game is they also tell you everyone's attitude toward you. Mm-hmm. And for Brody and for Marlin, there are no percentages. It just it says, just says dead. dead. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we just you always are you managed to convince him because I thought he was going to shoot himself, right? The mm-hmm. camera pans down to his hand holding the gun, and I'm thinking he's going to shoot himself. He's yeah. realizing he's got nothing here, right? But he does drop it, and in rewatching this, I'm like, how did AJ get the gun? Like he drops it. You think you would see this little kid scurry up in front of him, take mm-hmm. the gun, and and then get behind him, but he does actually walk like Marlon does actually walk forward a little bit. Mm. If you're hyper focused on him, I guess I could imagine that. AJ could could sneak up behind and grab the gun. Maybe. Anyway, relationship status. Here we go. Marlon. <laughs> dead. Dead. What do you have for AJ? I have AJ as hardened. Yeah, hardened. F- 55%. Yep. He slept under the bed, and he was disappointed we let Abel get away. So Screw you, AJ. So we have the same outcome, even though I didn't let him sleep under the bed. Mm. Lewis. Heartbroken. He's heartbroken. 66%. 66%. He felt he felt ashamed for asking if we killed someone we loved. Is that what you had? Yes. Brody, dead. Ten. Bitter. Man. Yes. Bitter. Forty nine percent. What did the other what's the other option? Understood hesitancy when we first met and gave us his drawing after allowing him to draw us. Mm-hmm. Violet. Guilty. Oh, guilty. Man, we got the same thing all the way yeah. through. Sixty six percent. This isn't like this is a ninety ten. Like right. a lot of people didn't get these things. Right. She felt sorry we had to deal with Lewis. Uh, she was flattered we comfort her, comforted her in the dorm rooms. Yeah. So, I mean, we did do the same things. We there. did a lot of the same things. Yeah. Huh. I really expected at least one of those to be different. Now, it did talk about the other people. And like mm-hmm. you said, like you, you hadn't met Mitch or something. Yeah. But I didn't write any of those down. Oh, mine. I had Omar. Glad you checked in on him before dinner. Ruby disgusted by AJ's bad manners at dinner. Mitch didn't get to know him. Asim appreciated that you helped him hunt. Oh. That is him. He's a cool guy. <laughs> uh, Willie, who I couldn't actually remember, fascinated by when you met him for the first <laughs> time. Cool. Glad you like me. I don't remember you. Uh, Rosie, that I learned to bond with her. Yeah. And then, and then uh, again, another new gameplay mechanic. It shows you how many of the collectibles you got. Yes. Which, my Ruby one was different because I think it was during dinner that AJ's just scarfing down the food mm-hmm. and I told him to slow it down. And she's, and Ruby's like, Hey, just because everything else is dead doesn't mean that we have to let manners go too. Right. And so it said something, or it may have said something about him apologizing or it didn't say that thing about the bad manners at the at Did dinner. Did he burp at the dinner table for no. you? Okay. He burped at the table. Oh, it's bad manners. I must have picked the wrong mannery thing I, like i thought i thought i picked the right thing to tell him to have some manners but then he burped and, oh, well. and she got disgusted you're a horrible parent like, you should feel ashamed probably predictions what do you think is going to happen next episode throughout the season what do you think uh well i think uh, obviously they don't have a leader now but you're there and you're far and away the the most qualified person to be the leader. Of Do you see you think Clem is going to take over, even though she's only been there for a couple of days? I think, think so. Yeah. Who else is going to? Um, Lewis. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gosh. 
The only ones it could be would be Violet or a Sim, I think. Mm. Walker, Brody, no. Yeah, I, I don't know who else it could be. So it, it's got to be one of those three, I suppose. And you're an idiot if you pick anybody other than Do you think Glenn. that she's going to take it? Or do you think it's going to be like a vote kind of thing? Mm. It would make sense for it to be a vote sort of thing. But, I mean, there's also the option that, you know, Clem has lived much of her life without a group. Mm -hmm. So she could be like, screw you, psychos. We're out of here. But I doubt that's going to be the case. I don't think so. Either AJ is really, well, okay, aside from that, but (laughs) AJ's happy. It's nice to have some walls at the very least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some, some benefits to being here, but the food seems to be running out. And... I'm pretty sure Abel's going to show up again. I think the Raiders are going to come. I think that's going to be a big thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the twins? Do you think that they're still alive? Probably. I think they're still alive. They're probably going to be maybe in a position of high power with the Raiders or mm-hmm. or maybe like they're totally on their side now. Like mm-hmm. we might find the twins and they don't want to come back with us or something Or it's like going to be another one of those situations where they've just bought in to the scenario and they're like, no, really? Yeah. These guys, they have it great. And everything they're doing is perfect and wonderful. And you should join them or die. <laughs> you know? Is the thing back to season two. Like you've got Carver being an absolute maniac. Mm-hmm. But people still but Bonnie yeah. and so many other people there were like, Oh yeah, he's his his heart's in the right place. He's just trying to keep us safe and, mm-hmm. and he's doing a pretty good job of it. I mean he's butchering people, but you know, whatever. We're still alive. Right, right. Do you think Clem's going to die this season? She freaking better not. I'm going to be really mad. It's if the she final dies. season. Now yeah. imagine. And is there any other way to do a final season for a character than to kill them? Look, in the I mean, they're dead? setting it up. It's the same situation as season one. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, would you end it with the same situation where Clem's been bit and, and now AJ's got to kill her or not kill her? Mm-hmm. Do you think they would do that? Or is that? Too predictable or that would that would be kind of lame, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I do think that would be lame. I really don't want her to die. Really don't want her to die. But you know, like I just said, uh, how do you call anything final in The Walking Dead other than death? Because it's not like we're gonna. There's there is no happily ever after in The Walking Dead. I think they've said that they're still open to doing games in The Walking Dead universe, but mm-hmm. this is. This is the final season in, in terms of Clem. Right. So that even, I mean, that makes it, that lends even more credence to that statement, to that thought of mm-hmm. she might just could, if you, if you don't kill her off, that would leave it open, right? To having more stories about her and why not make right. more stories about her? Right. All right. So I, I, I think your options are either she dies, like definitively dies, or maybe not a cliffhanger. But maybe more like season three, where we were just like, uh, what happened with AJ and Clem? Yeah. Some sort of ambiguous ending. Right. Which would also be kind of lame. Like, I think it kind of makes You want some the, closure? Well, I, I think it closure is always a good thing, I, I think. And the only way to really get closure here would be for her to die. But then is that even closure if, if you do start to form a bond with AJ? You could do like a flash forward, you know, and be mm-hmm. like, oh, this is Clem in her old age. She's a grandma on, the, <laughs> on a rocking chair. 
All right. Well, we're going to find out some more. Uh, the next episode is just in a few weeks. It's called Suffer the Children, and it's coming out September 25th. So we'll try to have an episode out as soon as possible. Right. But it is that. also the same week as Life is Strange season two. Yeah. I think we should one. do Life is Strange first. Just alternate between the two. Yeah. And then come back to Walking Dead. Yep. Yeah. I think that I think that order makes sense. Well, as always, we want to know how this game worked out for you. We want to hear about how your decisions may have differed from ours. And we want to know what your predictions are for the rest of this season. So you can get a hold of us in a lot of different ways. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We've got the comments. Find it all over at thedigitalmediazone.com or storyplayerspodcast.com to get straight to all of our episodes over there. Thank you to Telltale for making yet another uh, interesting Walking Dead game for us to play. And thank you for listening to Story Players. Make sure you subscribe to the show anywhere you find podcasts because the next episode is just a few weeks away. Thanks for listening to Story Players. I'm Josh Bollard. I'm Joe Dostasio. Adios. See ya. Two. The next morning. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that was too many us. <laughs> <laughs> Counting stuff. <laughs>